A Christian podcast for families? Awesome! Listen to the Word on the Street podcast with your family and enjoy getting to know Jesus together. Here's your host, Anna Ware. Today's question comes from the young Anna. Lovely name, by the way, Anna. And the question is, why did God make people? Well, that got me thinking, does that mean that she's asking, what is God's purpose for us being here? Why are we even alive on this earth in the first place? What is the purpose of life? That is the big question. Pretty much every single person who lives on this earth at some point in their lives asks the question, what is the meaning of life? The question turns into, why did God make us? So why did God make us? And that got me thinking, why did I want kids? And I mean, besides the fact that my personality just loves kids, I really enjoy being around kids. They're fun. They're not judgmental. Family is really important to me also. There was no question about not wanting kids. I have always, always expected that I would have kids. And some human instincts deep, deep down inside of me just wanted kids. And it made me think, yeah, well, God created us to have kids. He said to Adam and Eve, while they were still in the garden, I want you to multiply and fill the earth. So there you go. God made us to have kids, but he made us to be relational. He made us to want to be with other humans. And so for me to have kids, pretty much I'm just being selfish and I just want to have kids in my family for my own enjoyment. Is that bad? I think that's a little bit about what God was thinking too when he made people. He is a relational God. We are relational humans. And some of the animals that God made are relational as well. Wolves live in big packs. Lions live in dens with their families. And so do a lot of other animals. Birds live in flocks. Fish live in schools. Some animals are solitary. Some animals love living by themselves. Did you know that the orangutan does not spend much time with other orangutans at all. In fact, they live almost their whole life by themselves away from any of their own species and only when they come to making babies do they meet other orangutans and then they will just leave and not ever see them ever again. God didn't make us like orangutans. God made us like himself. And this is a huge point in this episode. God has created us in his image. We are different from all other animals. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. God said, now we will make humans and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish, the birds and all other living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself. He made men and women. So what is God's image like? This verse is saying that God's image is just like us. And I don't think he is referring to the physical body. It doesn't mean that we look exactly like what God will look like with a head and arms and legs. I believe that it's referring to our spiritual nature rather than our earthly bodies. So we are spiritual people. We have a higher level of thinking. We have a soul. And that's what makes us different from all the other animals. And that's what makes us similar to God. So why did God want to make someone who was similar to him? What is his purpose for us being here? There have been a number of really intelligent Christians in history, and they have come up with this phrase of what the purpose of life is. 
the chief end of man is what they call it. Um, And C.S. Lewis has refined it to be like this. The chief end of man or the purpose of life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. The purpose of life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. What does glorify mean? Glorify is one of those older words that we don't use very often, except in church, really, and it means to acknowledge and reveal the majesty and splendor of God by your actions. So we can do that by praising him, by telling him, by praying to him and saying all the amazing things that he is and that he's done. And we can do that by living in a way that is pleasing to him. Ultimately, the actions that we do to glorify God, in this quote, is to enjoy him forever. The purpose of life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. So we tell God how good he is by living our lives in enjoyment of him. Enjoyment. Enjoying is a word that comes from joy. Or sometimes we say happy. But it's a deeper happiness. It's a contentment, which means that you don't need anything You are totally fine exactly how you are. And enjoying something is taking pleasure and delight in something. So our reason for being here on earth is to take pleasure and delight and happiness in God. He is asking us to do something very fun, very enjoyable. Imagine if God had made us and put us here on this earth and instructed us to hurt one another and to suffer and to put up with all kinds of horrible things that we have to endure. God did not do that. He has actually put us here, created us for great reasons to enjoy him. That doesn't sound like hard work at all. I love enjoying things. Okay, so how do I know this? The Bible is full of verses that instruct us to glorify God and enjoy him. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 32 verse 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Psalm 33 verse 1 says, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is coming to the upright. Psalm 67 verse 4 says, Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Psalm 100 verses 1 to 2 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. There are a lot more verses that tell us to rejoice. You can hear the language, shout joyfully, sing, serve the Lord with gladness, So how do we actually enjoy God? How can we be happy with God? I'll tell you, we need to remember all that he has done and we need to remember it with a grateful heart. When you remember something that someone has done for you, do you get a warm and fuzzy feeling? Do you feel nice? Think about a time that someone did something nice to you. What did they do? Did they buy you a present? Did they spend time with you? Did they take you somewhere fun? Maybe they just gave you a compliment, told you that you did something well. Could be something as simple as saving you a seat on the bus or at school. How did you feel when that person did something nice for you? 
where we can remember what God has done for us and think about how we can feel. What has God done for us? Well, think about all of the things that he has created for us. God has created food and friends and sunshine and trees and grass and birds and animals. We can think about who God is. He's perfect. He's powerful. He's amazing. I'm actually going to have to do a whole series of episodes on who God is and all his characteristics because he's just so amazing. We can also think about what God has done. Read the stories in the Bible of all the amazing things God has done and ultimately think about the one thing that he did that was amazing, saving us from our sins through Jesus dying on the cross. If we remember all these things, it's easy for us to glorify God. It's easy for us to remember how full of majesty and splendor God is. And if we remember these things, it will be much easier for us to enjoy him. And then we will be content. Now, being content is living in a way where you do not want anything. Imagine living in a way where you are happy with the exact amount of things that you have right now. You're happy with the situation that you're living in. I know when I was a kid, I had a huge long list of things that I wanted from the shops for my birthday or for Christmas or for anything. I always wanted something. But imagine being able to be so content that you don't want for anything. God has fulfilled all your wants. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Being thirsty and being hungry is not being satisfied. This verse is saying that if we come to Jesus, we will be satisfied. We will not need anything. The Apostle Paul knows what it's like to be rich, and he knows what it's like to be poor, and he's amazing. He is happy. He's content with whatever the situation, because he gets his happiness from God. In Philippians 4, verses 10 to 13, he talks about being grateful for the gift that the Philippians have given him. And he said, The Lord has made me very grateful that at last you have thought about me once again. Actually, you were thinking about me all along, but you didn't have any chance to show it. I'm not complaining about having too little. I have learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. I know what it is to be poor or to have plenty. I have lived under all kinds of conditions. I know what it means to be full or to be hungry, to have too much or too little. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. Now, I would love to be able to say that. I would love to be able to say I'm content with having a lot. I'm content with having a little. Whatever, God, you give me, I'll be content because I know that you are all I need. You satisfy me. I am going to pray that I can be like Paul and be content. And I want to pray that I can live my life glorifying God by enjoying him forever and not needing anything else and just being happy with everything that God has given me. I'm going to pray that we can live out our lives fulfilling the purpose that God made us for, to glorify him by enjoying him forever. Now for the discussion questions. This first question is for the parents. Why did you have kids? The second question, I would like you to think about people you know. I want you to think about what they would say to you if you asked them, 
What is the meaning of life? Question number three, because of the more complicated language that I've had to use in this episode, like the word glorify and the word contentment, they're a little bit more complicated. I'd love for you to discuss the meaning of these words and discuss the meaning of the quote, the purpose of life is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. So what do you think this means? Then there's a fourth question today, and it's for you if you are keen to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And the question is this, what is one thing that you could start doing today that can help you to enjoy God? Thank you for tuning in. I would love it if you could tell your friends about this podcast. I pray that more people can get to know about Jesus and the reason why he has made us. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next week. That is the end of the episode, but it doesn't have to be the end of the conversation. Continue the conversation with your family now or throughout the week. Or you can head on over to the Word on the Street podcast social pages and join our conversation there. Find all the links at thewordonthestreetpodcast.com.